Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Good morning. Good morning, Bethesda, and to everyone who's tuning in and giving a listen this morning. Welcome. Julie and I welcome you once again into our home. We're thankful that we have multiple homes that are being part of our service again this Sunday, and the technology is working for us. We're celebrating this Sunday, Palm Sunday, certainly an out-of-the-ordinary Palm Sunday. Had we been meeting together, we'd be sharing communion, but we're not going to be passing the bread or the cup this morning. However, I want to let you know, the next time we meet together, it doesn't matter what the Sunday is. We will be sharing the Lord's Supper. The next time we get together at the church will be a communion Sunday. It'll be a celebration of our communion, our common unity, which is found in our shared faith in Christ. But until then, we'll be unified together as we have been. A virtual online assembly like this morning, together as best we can for Palm Sunday. Many of us are familiar with the reason this Sunday has come to be called Palm Sunday. It was the day that Jesus entered into the city of Jerusalem, hailed as a king. A great crowd of people honored him. They set their coats on the road in front of him, and they lifted up and they waved palm branches. Let's review a little bit about what led to that very moment in time. John's Gospel, chapter 11, gives us the account. Jesus' friend Lazarus had died. His body had been wrapped in burial clothes. He had been entombed. Jesus showed up at Lazarus' house in the city of Bethany four days after Lazarus had died. His sisters, Martha and Mary, were distressed. But Jesus said, "Remove Remove the stone covering the tomb. And he called in a loud voice, Lazarus! Come out! And the dead man came out walking in his grave clothes. His hands and feet were still wrapped in strips of linen, and a cloth was wrapped around his face. And what happened? John eleven forty five tells us, Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. Can you imagine the buzz that this caused? Picture how one person might tell another, I was at the funeral. I saw the stone in front of the entrance of the tomb. They rolled it away. You should have seen it. Jesus called him out, and out he came. Lazarus walked out alive, still wrapped in his grave clothes. Well, thinking of that, it's not hard to imagine the stir this miracle caused. And with Bethany, just under two miles from Jerusalem, It's easy to understand how word spread quickly to Jerusalem. Sometime later, when the Feast of Passover approached, Jesus was back in Bethany. There he was at the house of Lazarus. People heard Jesus was back, and a large crowd came to the house in Bethany. Back in Jerusalem, people began to talk about Jesus. Now let's pick up the account in John chapter 12. This is John 12 verses 12 to 15. The next day, 
the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and they went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Jesus entered Jerusalem riding a donkey, just like King Solomon had done hundreds of years before. And Jesus was hailed as king. Of course, word had spread to Jerusalem. Jesus, the one who raised a man who had been dead for four days, was coming to town. And that great crowd came out of the city to meet him. They were waving palm branches. The crowds concluded Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior, the long-awaited and the long-prophesied king to fill the throne of David. And they shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. They hailed him as a king. He was received as king. John, the writer of the gospel, explained Jesus was hailed as a king because he was a king. He is a king. John quoted the Old Testament prophet Zechariah. From Zechariah 9, verse 9, John wrote, As it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Jesus fulfilled the prophecy as he entered the city. And the people, they were there hailing him as a king. The crowd shouted, Hosanna, which is a Hebrew invocation, meaning, save us, we pray. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were shouting words straight from Psalm 118. The crowds were confessing that Jesus was the long-expected Messiah, the Savior. The people wanted to be saved. But saved from what? They wanted to be saved from the persecution of Rome. They wanted to be lifted from under the weight of the oppressors, to reestablish the throne of David, to bring back their nation to a golden era, restored in power and independence. Their minds and their hearts were set on nothing higher than the power and the glory of this world. They longed for a Messiah who would save their skin. And so they desired to crown Jesus king. It's reminiscent of the time Israel received her first king, King Saul. The people rejected God as king. They wanted a warrior king. They wanted a king like the nations around them. So God gave them what they wanted, King Saul. And it didn't go very well for Saul. That same attitude prevailed as Jesus entered Jerusalem. The people's hearts were set on worldly power. In their hearts, they wanted to put on Jesus a human crown. If they could have conducted a proper coronation, I imagine they would have had a gold crown, bejeweled and adorned with precious gems, and they would have placed it on Jesus' head. That would be mankind's crown, and it would show what the world holds as valuable and precious. But that was not the mission of Jesus to be crowned an earthly king. No, 
Jesus made his way into the temple courts where he said this to his disciples. This is from John's Gospel, chapter 12, verses 23 to 27. Jesus said this, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Jesus talked about his mission, likening himself to a kernel of wheat, not a king. And this illustrates the world's true view of Jesus. Would they really receive him as a king? Hardly. Not as a king, but as insignificant as a single kernel of wheat. Jesus continued the imagery, though. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, there will be no life. But when that seed falls to the ground, there is a harvest. It produces many seeds. There is a resurrection from that one little kernel of wheat falling, and a great harvest follows. Jesus was indicating he was going to die just like that kernel of wheat, and that his death would bear fruit. Many would follow Jesus into the kingdom of God and receive eternal life from one seed to many. But first, Death was necessary, his death. Then Jesus plainly stated, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. He didn't come to be crowned an earthly king. He came to die, to willingly fall, for others to win eternal life. Why was it necessary? In a word, sin. Every person is an accomplished sinner rejecting God. The allure of the temporary things of this life, like gold and diamonds and precious stones, luxury, comfort, extravagance, and all of it right now. And vanity and superiority and pride, it's the human condition. Hundreds of years earlier, such sin pulled the nation to demand a king, King Saul. Sin prevailed. A remedy a real, lasting, forever remedy was required. The life of Jesus was the remedy for every wrong. He was willing to pay for sin by giving his life. For those who believed and followed after Jesus, giving up their life in this world, the reward is eternal life. So it came to pass that less than a week after Jesus entered Jerusalem, to that crowd that had so adored him, they turned into an angry mob. The Hosannas on Sunday turned into crucify him on Friday. And then Jesus received a crown. 
It wasn't gold and silver with gems and precious stones. No, it was fashioned out of bramble. A twisted crown of thorns was put on his head, followed by blows to the head from a staff. Then he was mocked. The Roman soldiers fell down on their knees in derision and said, Hail, King of the Jews! The hour had come for the Son of Man to be glorified. His glorification was in his humiliation. He wasn't to be glorified with the amenities of mankind, not the opulence of an earthly king. Jesus, showing his love for us and keeping all of the promises given in the Old Testament, he gave up his life as our substitute to be punished for our sins and to bring us the forgiveness of sins. Jesus was glorified and is glorified by what he accomplished in giving his life. The opening of the way for all who believe in him to receive eternal life. It was for this very reason I came to this hour, Jesus said. Not to be glorified as humankind would desire, not to be crowned an earthly king. Jesus refused such a crown. But mankind desired it. The temporary things of this world pull hard on us all. All of us, in a sense, seek our own crowns. Crowns of prosperity that we wear when we've gained a certain financial height or accumulated enough possessions. Crowns of power, dominion that we wear when a certain station in life is achieved. Or we've added letters after our name. Or a title has been placed on our business card or our office door. Crowns of superiority that we wear for honors bestowed by academia or community. Some want a crown of beauty, always wanting to be admired. Others chase after a crown of fame, wanting to be instantly recognized and adored. And the reason that I liken prosperity, power, and superiority and fame and all the like to crowns is that they make us out to be the sovereign one while pushing out and rejecting the true sovereign. The people of King Saul's day, the people who hailed Jesus as a king when he came into Jerusalem, they were all focused on the crowns of this world and they all had rejected the true king. People today are no different. The crowns of the world continue to draw. But this morning, we're all contending with a different type of crown. Corona. Corona's Latin, and it means crown. The virus is called corona because it has a protein spike, or these protein spikes with little balls on the end that give it the appearance of a crown. Now, this crown virus has caused us all to hit pause. It's no respecter of persons. It is hit the rich and the famous. It's hit the superior and the powerful. It's interrupted all of our lives and all of our conveniences. Whatever our crowns that we wear with pride, that we cling to because they make us feel safe, they haven't made us sovereign over the crown virus. There's only one sovereign over it all. He's the most high, the king of kings. On his head was beaten a crown of thorns. On this Palm Sunday, 
may we cast down our corruptible crowns at his feet. The crowns of this world, the crowns that give a false security, cast them down at the feet of Jesus, the King of Kings. He was mocked. The Roman guard fell on their knees and they scornfully cried out, King of the Jews. Jesus was humiliated, but the Father exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Let's bow our knee to him this Palm Sunday morning in sincere reverence and cry, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. A true king entered Jerusalem. He was hailed as an earthly king, but he was and is an eternal heavenly king. The word of God in the New Testament letter written by James, the brother of Jesus, tells us there is a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Do you love him this morning? Is he your king this morning? Would you lay down your crowns to receive the crown of life, eternal life? Jesus is king over every person. He's king over everything, even a virus that wears a crown. With King Jesus, you have nothing to fear this morning or ever. And there are so many who are fearful, so many who don't know the true king. Our prayer this week is for those who need to know the king. Our prayer guide reminds us to pray. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 is in the guide this week, and it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Jesus has been glorified. He's given his life. He is the true king that we all need. Earlier this morning, Brother Barry asked you to write down some names. Names of those who need to know Jesus. Names of those who are lost. Maybe they're afraid during this strange time that we're living through. They need Jesus. We want to take a moment right now, and I want to invite Pastor Julie to join me, that we would pray for those who are lost, remembering those who are on our mind, and as you pray for those names that you've written down this morning. You going to lead us in prayer? Okay, let's pray. I have our names written down right here. Mm -hmm. And I know that the Lord is able. Yes, he is. And I pray that you know, for those that you love, the Lord is able. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, it is in the name of Jesus yes, Lord. Thank you, that Jesus. we seek you. Lord, we are asking for those that we have written down, God, that don't know you. Lord, they don't know you as King Jesus. No. And Lord, they we know you. that you are able to reach each one of them. Yes. And we are calling upon King Jesus. Lord, on. by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would draw each of our loved ones 
to that knowledge of Jesus Christ as King, as Savior, yes. as Thank Lord you, over all. Do it, Lord. Lord, so many around us, they are like sheep without a shepherd. Right. They are lost. They are confused. They are looking to things of this world for comfort mm. and salvation. But only you only can you. save. Lord, you save yes, today God. and forever. And we are praying, God, for those that are on our hearts and minds today, yes, Lord, that yes, need God. to know you. Yes, God. God, draw them by your power. Lord, remove the blinders. Lord, that they would be able to see. See Jesus, King of all, lifted up. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done on the cross. Lord, that we can have eternal life. God, regardless of what happens in this world, we can live forever in your everlasting kingdom. For your kingdom is not of this world, but it is forever. And Lord, we are praying, God, that you would call many souls to live in your kingdom forever. Lord, we pray, God, that we would be that light to the lost. Lord, that we would have hearts of compassion. Lord, that we would see those who don't know you. God is lost and that you your love in us, God, would cause us to pray and to cause us to reach out Amen. to those who don't know you as eternal life. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for salvation. Lord, we thank you for dying on a cross to save us from our sins. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we do ask forgiveness, God, if we haven't thanked you enough, if we don't live in thanksgiving for what you have done on the cross, that that we could have eternal life. And Lord, we're praying, God, that as we look at the lost, we wouldn't be complacent about it, but we would love people around us enough, God, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. You died on a cross. You shed your blood to pay for our sins, that we could have eternal life and spend eternity with you. Lord, we know that this world is temporary. No matter how long we live here, it is temporary. Your kingdom is eternal. And Lord, we are praying, God, for the lost. Lord, we are praying for a move of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would draw souls to that everlasting relationship with you. King Jesus, may we all see you as king, high and lifted up. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.